Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 21 on marital conflict and how Abraham was destroyed by Sarah's words and how Abraham needed God's words of rescue in his life. Now, this message is available at friendshipwithgod.org and itunes.com, available for free listening and free download, again, at friendshipwithgod.org and also itunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, a Jewish evangelism outreach ministry that spans in the United States as well as around the world in different cities. And in one particular area of Argentina, we have Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries working. Now, many of the missionaries that work for us full, part-time, or even volunteer We have many volunteers. They often volunteer at Jewish organizations such as hospitals, retirement homes, colleges, community centers, and they encounter Jewish people right where they are, build relationships, and reach them for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, recently in Argentina, a Jewish woman was being reached and worked with by our IRM missionaries and in a mental and rehabilitation center. She was suffering from depression and um, some health issues and even had gone through a recent breast cancer surgery. She had been worked with and being supported through all of her trials by our Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries, and she introduced them to her father, a Jewish father named Don. Now, the gospel was presented to both Don and to this Jewish woman, the daughter of this father, and both of them received Christ as their Savior. Now, our Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries continued working with this Jewish father and daughter. Now, Don, the father, has throat cancer, and he actually recently has passed away, but he entered into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, having trusted him as his Savior. Now, we'd like you to continue praying for his daughter, who's still being worked with and discipled, and we'd like to ask you to continue standing with us in prayer for that Jewish daughter who's lost her father, that she can be reached, as well as other Jewish people can be reached. Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program, has a heart for reaching Jewish people as he himself is Jewish and has been reached for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he wants to reach other Jewish people. That's why we have our Jewish evangelism ministry, Israel Restoration Ministries, which you support through the Friendship with God radio program by keeping us on the air and continuing to support us financially. We'd like to encourage you to make a donation, whether one time or a monthly donation to support the Friendship with God radio program and Israel Restoration Ministries. So call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051, Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us about marital conflict in the life of Abraham and Sarah today. Now, as we look at this scene in Genesis 16-2, and the scene we're studying in Genesis 21-10, we ask the question, what happened? What? Where's the disconnect here between the Genesis 16 and the Genesis 21? How could Sarah go from Genesis 16, Ishmael's going to be my son, to Genesis 16-2, so Genesis 21-10, to Ishmael's the son of this bondwoman? What happened? And by the way, before we leave, this verse here in Genesis 16:2, and then take a note there where at the end where it says, and Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. It wasn't his idea. So what we see here is that Sarah has done very, very wrong. And why has Sarah done wrong? Because Sarah did what was not to do, told in Proverbs 3, 5, where it says, trust not, you know, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. So, and then in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, God says, My thoughts, 
they have nothing to do with your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways, neither are my ways, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. My thoughts, nothing to do with your thoughts. Your ways, nothing to do with my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. God's thoughts were not Sarah's thoughts. Sarah's thoughts were that she needed to solve the problem of the infertility in the home. God's thoughts were not that Sarah should solve the problem of the infertility in their home. God's thoughts was that God was going to solve the infertility problem. And Sarah's ways was that she should use Hagar as a surrogate mother. And God's ways were not that Hagar should be used as a surrogate mother. I just heard of a Christian couple, we know for a long time this week, where the wife left her husband and is now dating other men. And he begged and begged and begged and says, you know, don't leave. And the Christians, you know, don't leave. Why are you leaving? Why are you leaving? And she answers the gave, the, she gave the answers just like this. She said, uh, because I'm not happy being married to you, is what she said. And then she said, and God wants me to be happy. That's what she said. <laughs> so, okay. Now, her thoughts that she needs to make herself happy are not God's thoughts. And her ways of leaving her husband and dating other men are not God's ways, very simply put. Now, look now, go back to Genesis 21 and the verse 11 where again we read in verse 11, and the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Now the word translated thing, the thing, it, it, it's not really thing, you know. It's debar, it's, it's a bar, which means word or saying. You know, it's the name the Jewish people give to the book of Deuteronomy, debarim, the sayings. You know? So it was the saying, the, what she said, it wasn't the thing, it was the, thing, the saying that she said, it was because that was very distressing to Abraham. It's what she said that, that was disturbing. Okay, so her words, Sarah's words, they just cut right to the bone of Abraham. You can't imagine. And in fact, it says, very grievous in his sight. And the word sight there, it's not normally how the word is translated. Sight normally means in the face. It actually, this word in Hebrew means the eye. It was, in the, it was very, very, very disturbing in his eye, in Abraham's eye. And that means that Sarah's words were right in Abraham's eyes. He couldn't get them out of his eyes. Sarah's words shattered Abraham. Sarah's words were wicked to Abraham. Sarah's words dashed him in pieces, as we saw from Psalm 2. And he couldn't get away from Sarah's words. They were in his eye. They haunted him. And Abraham was just in a terrible state. And we see Abraham was very grieved over what she'd said. Abraham was was very grieved. You know, there's a problem for Abraham. You know, Abraham was very grieved when Pharaoh took Sarah away. So he was grieved when he didn't have Sarah. And now he's grieved when he does have Sarah. He's in a bad position. He could say to her, he could say, how can you be so beautiful and cause me so much grief? He could say that to her. He could say, how can a person bring me so much joy and so much grief? You know, he could say, I can't live with you and I can't live without you. Anyway, so even with such a beautiful wife, that Sarah was not enough to satisfy Abraham's heart. And we, maybe men, we may have found the most wonderful women on earth. She's not enough to satisfy our heart like Abraham. We need God. And ladies, you may have found Mr. Right, and, and he's not enough to satisfy your heart. Ladies, you may have found Mr. Right, but you know that his first name was always. Huh? <laughs> All right. So the question for us, how did Abraham keep his sanity? How did this man Abraham keep his sanity how did he do this with these words of Sarah commanding him that he should send out into the desert of death Hagar and his son? How? How could he keep his sanity? 
He keeps his sanity by remembering the lessons in his life in the past. When he lost his wife because of his own foolishness and his lie to Pharaoh, he was in a terrible state of mind. And God came to the rescue. And when he lost his wife the second time because of the same lie, the same foolish lie to Abimelech, he was in a terrible state of mind. And God came to his rescue. And so now Abraham is in a terrible state of mind. And what does he do? He does something very, very wise. And people think he's wise for doing this. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything back to Sarah. He doesn't fight with Sarah. He just turns to God. That's the beauty of the first few words of verse 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of the bondwoman. Verse 10, she said unto Abraham. Verse 11, the thing was very grievous. Verse 12, God said to Abraham. Oh, that was great to hear God speak in the midst of all of this terrible situation. And these verses show us that God is monitoring the troubles that Abraham goes through. He's monitoring the troubles that we go through. And then he comes to our help just at the right time. You know, just when I need him most, Jesus is near. Just when I falter, just when I fear, ready to help me, ready to cheer, just when I need him most, just when I need him most, Jesus is near to comfort and cheer just when I need him most. And this was just when Abraham needed him most. So we step back and we look at Abraham and we can ask the question, what has Abraham learned as he's seen all this happen in his life, and he's considered it well, and he's stepping back also. We're stepping back, looking at them. He's stepping back, looking at everything around, his Sarah and so forth. And as he steps back, and he he looks, he says, you know, I was foolish. I was foolish with Pharaoh and Abimelech. And he looks on Sarah, and, 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 and he says, she's foolish. She is foolish to make that proposal to have the baby with Hagar and now to send them out into the desert of death. And he steps back and he learns the lesson of John 15, 5, where the Lord said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. You can almost hear the Lord saying, when are you ever going to get this right? (laughs) How many times do I have to say this already? He said, no, he didn't say that. But anyway, very patient. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, same brings forth much fruit. And then he says, for without me, you can do nothing. And you can hear him saying that. Do you have that already? For without me, you can do nothing. So Jehovah Jesus is the vine. Abraham and Sarah are the branches. If they abide in Jehovah Jesus, the Jehovah Jesus is in them, then they're going to bring forth much fruit. But without Jehovah Jesus, Abraham can do nothing. Without Jehovah Jesus, Sarah can do nothing. And as Abraham thinks about how he learned all these lessons and the understanding and so forth, and he begins to see a very clear picture. He thought about Abraham, he thought about Sarah devising for her to have the baby and so forth like that. Now, but just now, Abraham is in this destroyed state of mind by what Sarah has said. And and the repeated description of this comes across to us so clearly in verse 11 and 12. Very grievous in Abraham's sight or his eye. And then God speaks, don't let it be grievous in your sight or your eye. It's a description that this was, like we said, this is in Abraham's eye. And we all know what it's like to get something in our eye, right? Like a very sharp, very small, sharp piece of dirt. It's painful. Our eye waters, and all we can think about is, I got to get it out of my eye. That's why I wear these glasses, so nothing gets in my eye. (laughs) Because when something's in your eye, 
It doesn't matter what you're doing. You are debilitated. You are incapacitated. You know, you may be a gladiator in the Roman forum, the Roman whatever they had there, and, and you are, when something gets in your eye, that's not a good day. You are crippled. No matter what we're trying to do, no matter what we're trying to think about, when something gets in our eye, we've got to get it out of our eye. And Sarah's words to cast out Ishmael and Hagar were in Abraham's eye like a sharp piece of dirt. And Sarah's words were like fire inside of Abraham. The more he thought about them, the more he became upset. And we've all been there. We've all been there where we've, the harsh words have been said and some, or something's been done. And, and like Abraham, it's like a fire inside of us described in Proverbs thirty sixteen: The fire that saith not, it is enough. The fire doesn't say it's enough. The fire doesn't say that. The fire says it's not enough. So no matter how much we think about it, it's like a fire. It's it's not been thought enough again, thought about enough. Like Abraham, we can't think about anything else. The more it occupies our mind, the more it wants to occupy our mind. No matter how much we worry about it, like a fire, it hasn't been worried over enough. The more we worry about it, it cries out, worry more. No matter how much we fight back, like a fire, we haven't fought back enough. And Sarah's words were like this fire inside Abraham. Abraham, he's crying out, Abraham, it's not enough. There's a fire, you know, the fire is saying, I haven't broken Abraham enough. The fire, I haven't destroyed Abraham enough. And Sarah's words in Abraham's eye were saying, Abraham, you haven't worried about this enough. You haven't, you haven't set the record straight enough. And, and you haven't defended your, your son, Ishmael, Hagar, enough. And when it says in verse 11, the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight, it's a statement that Abraham was just destroyed by Sarah's words. Abraham was helpless to get this fire out alone by himself. He was helpless to get Sarah's words out of his eye by himself. Because Abraham needed God. He needed God to get the words out of his eye, and he needed God to put the fire out. And now we see in verse 12 that God is coming. He's coming to Abraham's rescue, and he says in verse 12, he says, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, because of the bondwoman. And all that Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, and Isaac shall thy seed be called. So God's words of rescue were a command, don't let this be uh, irritation in your eye, grievous in your sight. You know, his words, let it not show us that God was saying to Abraham, you have a choice in this matter. You have a choice. You're going to allow or you're not going to allow. And so God said, let it not. God is saying, don't let it. Here's what he's saying. Don't let those words destroy you. And right away, of course, with Abraham, we say, how? How am I supposed to do this? You know, I mean, I, I try and I sit down, all the good intentions, and it doesn't work. How am I supposed to, to, to not let this destroy me, her words destroy me? All right. So, so Abraham is, I mean, after all, Abraham has just heard Sarah order him, send your son and Hagar into the desert of death. And now God's saying, don't let it bother you. So, and if we were Abraham, we'd say, my wife is ordering me to kill my son, in essence, and Hagar, and that's not supposed to bother me? How am I supposed to not be bothered by that? <laughs> and God hears Abraham's question, and he's saying to Abraham, Abraham, if you let me take you by the hand, I'll lead you out of your state of shatteredness. I'll, 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 let me take you. Let me take you by hand. Let me lead you. And Abraham is willing to let God take him by the hand and lead him. So the next step 
God, in essence, is saying to Abraham, for him, said, now, Abraham, listen very carefully. This is going to be the process of how I'm going to lead you out of this state. Listen very carefully. And to follow my rescue, it's very important to listen to what I'm saying. And, and, and as we follow it, it's very important that we also, of course, listen, but we, we focus on the titles. This, this chapter is all about titles. This passage here is all about titles. So in verse 10, what title has Sarah given to Ishmael? We only said it a million times. Okay, very good. The son of this bondwoman, right? Okay. In other words, not Abraham's son. Son of this bondwoman. Okay. In verse 11, what title is Abraham uh, given to, his, to Ishmael? His son. Okay, his son. So now we have two conflicting titles given to Ishmael. Sarah writes them off, rejects them. His title is nothing. Son of this bondwoman. And Abraham doesn't agree with Sarah. He says, no, title, you know, you, you, that title for that boy is my son, my son. And so the conflict is over. Who is Ishmael? You know, that's the conflict. Who is Ishmael? Sarah says, not Abraham's son. Abraham says, no, my son. Okay. So now, now Abraham turns to God and he really wants to know, are you on Sarah's side or are you on or my side? You know? <laughs> and it's all going to be determined by how you call the boy. So what, do you, what say you, God? Well, what's the title for this boy? Are you going to call him like Sarah does? Or are you going to call him like I do? He's very interested. And so what, what title does he give him in verse 12? The lad. The lad. No, verse 12. The lad. But then also, what title does he give him in verse 13? The son of the bondwoman. Didn't say this bond woman. <laughs> That's Sarah. This bond. We said the son of the bond woman. Oh, now this is now this is very very disturbing for Abraham. This is shattering. He said, "You sided with Sarah. You know, I thought you were my friend." <laughs> it's uh, hard for me to hear you say that. You know, I mean, he could have said, you know, he could at this point said, "Is that what you call my son? Like Sarah does? Just a lad? You call him the son of the bond woman? Well, if that's who you are. I'm out of here." Abraham could have said that. Bye-bye, God. He could have done that. And, and that's not Abraham. Abraham is, not, is, is, is saying to God, it's hard for me to hear it. It's really hard for me to hear it. But I haven't taken your hand to let go of it. So, okay, keep going. Please continue. And at that point, Abraham is like the 12 apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ who just heard him say something that was very hard for them to hear, in John 6, 65 through 69, where it says, And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except that were given him unto, unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We believe, or sure, that thou art the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So now we have to couple what he said with the statements in Mark 8:34 and Revelation 22:17 that say whosoever will that means whoever wants to whosoever will any anybody who who will he may come that's the person's decision but just because a person wills and wants to come that doesn't automatically open the door for him to come 
in order for him to be able to come, the Father steps in and opens the door to whosoever will. Now, that, 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 that cuts against the pride because you think, well, no, I thought it was all my decision. Well, yes, 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 it is. You decide if you want to come, but then God is the one who sees that and says, okay, I see you can now go open the door. So for people to hear that God the Father had to open the door for those who wanted to come in to the Lord Jesus Christ was hard to hear, and many of them walked away and said, no, I can't take that. And after they went away, then the Lord Jesus Christ turns to his 12 disciples, his 12 apostles. He said, how about you? How about you? You out of here also? And Peter replies and says, you know, are you kidding? He says, are you? he doesn't say are you kidding, but anyway, something like that. He says, you have the words of eternal life. And we're sure, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You're God the son. What, go away? So in the same way, Abraham has just heard God say, and give to Ishmael the title of Sarah's title. It's very hard for him to accept. Just a lad? He's my son. Just the son of the bondwoman? He's my son. But when God called Ishmael just a lad, and the son of the bondwoman, God was saying to Abraham, Abraham, I know you're shattered because Sarah hasn't called Ishmael your son, and I'm not calling Ishmael your son. Now I'm going to ask you this question of John 6, 67. Will you go away also? How about you, Abraham? Are you going to walk away too? And by not turning away, Abraham was giving to God the Peter response. Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. Abraham was saying to God, son or no son, I'm going to follow you. You know, it reminds me of the story of Seal Rosen. She's the wife of Marty Rosen, or Moisha Rosen. Somehow he becomes Moisha, but anyways, he was always Marty. Anyway, Moisha Rosen of Jews for Jesus. And while they were married, neighbors of Seal and Marty Rosen began to pray for their salvation. And then Seal, when they were praying for salvation, she was in her pantry, and she looked out of the window of her pantry, and she saw this Christmas star decoration, and she wondered if Jesus was really God sent one. And then God sent to her a a Christian lady who began to teach her the Bible about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so on Easter... Seal tells Marty, or Moisha, however you like to, she was going to church with her friend. And he was infuriated. And he insisted that whatever she do, she shouldn't wear the Easter hat, an Easter hat, <laughs> for the neighbors to see. So she carried it in a bag until they got in the car. Then she put her hat on. Anyway, so that Easter, when the invitation was given, Seal walks down the aisle. She receives the Lord Jesus Christ, her God, as her God and her Savior. And word gets back to Seal's mother, Orthodox family, and she came over to Seal's house, and she says to her in Yiddish, so, I hear you became a goy, she says. <laughs> and Seal told her mother, no, I didn't become a goy. I received, the, the, I received Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And Seal's mother left in a rage, and Seal never saw her again for the rest of her life. Never saw her family for the rest of her life after that. And then Marty, he, he forbid the Christian from coming to their home. So, Seal has the Bible studies on the phone. Long Bible studies with a Christian friend. And the studies were long. And one time, Marty called on the phone, couldn't get through, came home in a rage. When he learned that she was on the phone to do the Bible study, he rips the phone out of the wall. He's so angry. And then Seal said something to Marty that was really the turning point of the whole thing in Marty's life. And after Marty rips the phone out of the wall, Seal says to Marty, Marty, don't you make me choose between you and Jesus because I'm telling you right now that I'll choose Jesus. That's what she said. And she took her stand. And then that caused Marty to start thinking. And he ended up going to the same church. 
And when the invitation was given, Marty walks down the same aisle as Seal does to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his God and his Savior. And then he goes on to start Jews for Jesus. Now, why? Because Seal said to Marty, don't you make me choose between you and Jesus because I'll choose Jesus. Jews for Jesus, you could say, began because a woman named Seal Rosen says that I'll lose my mother, I'll lose my father, I'll choose Jesus. I'll lose my husband, I'll choose Jesus. And Jews for Jesus, you could say, was started because Seal Rosen was willing to lose her husband to choose Jesus. And Jews for Jesus was started because she really meant it. You know, she meant, I have decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. We would like to encourage you to support the Friendship with God radio program, and you can do so by going to friendshipwithgod.org. You can donate right online, a one-time gift, and you can also call us if you'd like to set up a monthly gift to support this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism outreach ministry. That's 800-247-3051. Call us now at 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. You can go to israelrestoration.org to learn more about Israel Restoration Ministries. Again, that's israelrestoration.org or friendshipwithgod.org. If you'd like more information about our Museum Day, coming up at the Creation and Earth History Museum on Saturday, September 27th, a free event for all of Southern California. We'll have speakers like Tom Cantor, Ray Comfort, and even Eric Hovind We'd like to encourage you to bring you and your family out as we'll have a Noah's Ark theme this year with lots of animals, games, rides, and the new Genesis 3D movie. For more information, go to creationsd.org, creationsd.org, or call us at 800-247-3051 for more information. Again, that's 800-247-3051. Again, thanks for your listenership, support, and for more information, go to friendshipwithgod.org.